0: Hey everybody, it's Afternoon of Snack Time, where we give you a short, tasty tidbit to snack on. Today's topic, our favorite and not-so-favorite K-drama cliches. Hey everybody. Hello. Hi there. So should we start out maybe by talking about what we mean when we say K-drama cliches? That sounds great, Teacher Amy. (laughs) Does that mean I have to say it? (laughs) So when we're talking about K-drama cliches, we are not saying cliche in in negative form. We're saying cliche in that it's something that shows up often in almost every K-drama we watch. And the reason why it does show up in all these K-dramas and why we do call it a cliche is because it happens all the time and it works and we like it. Although there are some that do happen all the time that we don't love so much. So we will bring those up too. But for the most part, this is about what we love about K-drama cliches and that we like to see over and over again in the dramas that we watch.
1: I was going to say cliches are kind of like tropes. We use them because they work. And a lot of times viewers sort of know what to expect out of those tropes or cliches and they get excited about seeing them. And there's, so there's a sense of anticipation. And so that's often why cliches work. And, yeah, we have some favorites and not so favorites. But I would say I have few that are not my favorite. I really, really love most of the cliches that we see in K-dramas.
0: Even the one that I will bring up that I don't love, it doesn't ruin a drama for me by any reason. It's just something that I can't quite wrap my head around, and we'll we'll get to that.
1: All right. So who wants to kick off? So we're going to do favorites first, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. My favorite cliche is a drunken love confession. And I'm sure if you've seen plenty of K-dramas, as soon as I say drunken love confession, you probably think of a scene. Probably something comes to mind because a drunken love confession appears in almost every K-drama. But I just love them because I always think sometimes alcohol can be a little bit of a truth serum and kind of gets you to open up and say things that you think but just normally wouldn't say out loud. So one of my favorite dramas is Touch Your Heart. It's the most delightful rom-com and I've seen a lot now at this point, but it still remains, I think, my favorite rom-com. It's just adorable. I love you Inna. I love Lee Dong-wook. They're just adorable. So, in Touch Your Heart, they kind of have this, will they or won't they, you know, where they're they kind of flirt with each other, but not really. And essentially, Lee Dong-wook, who in the drama is Quan jun Rock, he is not very good with understanding human emotions. He doesn't pick up on Oh Yoon Seo's feelings. So, one night, she drinks a lot and she calls him and he's a lawyer and he's at home working at his desk. That's all he ever does. And she's basically... (laughs) it's the really cute scene because i think you is super super cute in this role she is like a famous movie star who's playing his intern to get ready for a role and she decides to confess and her drunken voice is adorable she kind of has this cute little okay okay part where she's like trying to talk to him and
2: she (laughs) does have a very funny voice
1: she does she has this cute like perky cute voice and she basically says to him on the phone, like, you slid into my heart. It's so cute because she kind of like cups her hand and whispers in the cell phone, I like you. And he's like speechless because I he just is not good with human emotions. And I don't think he like realized that she actually liked him. And then she ends up like, so she confesses and then, you know, she's drunk. So she ends up like getting mad that she confessed and she hangs up before he even says a single word. And it's not until the next morning that she realizes what she did. And she's like, she tries to act like she's not coming into work because she doesn't want to face him. But it's just the cutest scene. And it's on YouTube. But I recommend you watch the whole drama because it's adorable. So I'd love to hear if you guys have any favorite drunk love confession scenes as well. Well,
0: I was going to say, I think it's really funny that you mentioned that alcohol is like a truth serum. And I actually have used that phraseology before in real life. Well, I guess I'll put it out there. So I'm the single one in the group. And um, <laughs> and I, that actually happened with somebody that I dated where we were talking and I said, I have just had a few drinks. Alcohol is my truth serum. Here's an AMA. Ask me anything right now because you're going to get a straight answer. <laughs>
1: That is a K-drama scene, right? That is what that is.
0: I know. I need to put that in a book sometime. Yeah, you do. But yeah, I mean, total truth. It's it's a total truth serum. And I I love it. I love it every time that it happens. So I'm I'm not coming up with a specific scene at the moment. But what I am thinking of is seeing people do their confessions after they've had way more soju than somebody should be able to imbibe and still survive that experience. And I'm still trying to wrap my head around that, how much soju people can drink in K-dramas because I don't think it's true in real life. And I may or may not be speaking from personal experience.
2: You know, when I see people on K-dramas and they're like drinking soju and then like quite quickly, like the girls start to get like that, like slow blink and like wobbling in their seat. And, you know, I was always like, yeah, yeah, I mean, whatever. It's just kind of like this thing to show like, oh, you just drink like a bit. But then, yeah, I tried soju because I was like, I want to see what, you know, what it's all about. and two bottles in and like I could have been a character on one of those shows just like (laughs) falling off my seat needing like a piggyback ride home so yeah I don't you know so I think for me it was like in the Descendants of the Sun they had like the two male leads doing this like what was it called the three days yeah like it was like three days no night or yeah three days no nights or is it three nights no day I can't remember it was like one of the two they phrased it but essentially they stayed in a bar
0: for three days
2: drinking And, like, you would just see, like, these bottles everywhere and like I don't know I was like there's just no like there's just no way like the and it got to the point like
0: because it was sort of a drunken confession scene but it was like the heroine walked in and the hero didn't even know that it was his girlfriend he's like oh look at that pretty girl right there
2: (laughs) (laughs) which I did believe that because if I I had drank for three days (laughs) but like yeah I don't know anyway I mean like a little bit of suspension of disbelief but like it's potent stuff and then as far as me like in real life I totally had a drunky confession to my my husband way back in the day when I tried to tell him I liked him and I had drank an entire bottle of champagne at a horse race, oh, gosh. <laughs> which is so classy sounding. Super. I was yeah, drinking a absolutely. bottle of champagne with my lips on the bottle. Like there was no glass involved. It was just me wandering yeah. oh, around yeah. an Australian field, swigging champagne building up my courage to make basically a K-drama heroin love confession. And three kids later it worked out okay. There you go. Alcohol is the truth serum. (laughs) You know I have a lot of cliches that I love but one I decided to bring up is like I think it's a cliche and that's having second male lead syndrome. So I go hardcore in on the second male leads a lot of times. Not always but I'm going to give a couple of cases where the second male leads wrecked me in a drama. I think probably the top one for me is Kim Shin Hyo from she was pretty which neither of you have seen yet i don't think and this drama left me so devastatedly angry and dying over the second male lead character because essentially we had to like oh spoiler alert here if you haven't seen she was pretty but essentially it's kind of like the faded mates childhood sweethearts win the day but like the second male lead is like the guy who fell in love with her and like who she is right now And I just like that, like just drove me crazy. I'm like, he loves who she is, not like the memory of her. And like, not this like, you know, 10 year old, like my first love, like this guy loves like this woman as she is with all of her flaws, finds like so much humor and joy from her and why dear God, especially when he turns out to be like. A secret famous author on top of it. So, like, not even like, I mean, I was just like, I couldn't handle that. I could not handle, I still could, I will never be able to get over that drama. Okay. Another one is Boys Over Flowers, Yoon yes. Ji Hook. Okay. I'm not saying like, you know, Jumpyo, who was Lee Min Ho. I mean, like obviously, even with his like crazy 80s lady hair, like he was still attractive. But Yunji Hook, like he was just so pure and sweet and like lovely. And I'll never get over the fact that he was just treated like absolute garbage fire by the heroine. And that's going to have to be an entire rant that I do at another day because he was too good for that heroine who leaned on him, got all the love and support from him, gave up his entire life and his entire like all of his open career even <laughs> made entire career just to be her friend like to be near her and she's just like hot garbage so <laughs> then like two others where like i rooted for them lead but i really just love the second male lead so much was namonji from her private life slow-mo shower scene winner of all time Stop! Stop! Right? I,
1: no, I'm I'm still really raw. We're okay. gonna have
2: that's gonna be a whole pod, so we're gonna okay. go on to that. But I'm just saying that. And when he made his little sad confession that you knew he wasn't gonna get, but he was in his little suit to do it. Ugh, oh, oh my guy. gosh,
0: he put on the suit for it. I know. Yeah, I, so, I, I could talk for an
2: hour about him, and we will at our pod cut in our podcast okay. in a couple of weeks, and then another upcoming podcast. I'm sure at some point soon will be Choi Young Do, which was Kim Woo Bin in Airs, and again. Again, Lee Ho, yet again, like, you know, good for him, like, being the leading man. But, like, Kim Woo Bin, honestly, just freaking destroyed me in that role and I loved it so much and I love the pain that I got from my second male lead syndrome in that one so I don't know I mean like I like to cheer for like the hero normally I hate being so angry that like they didn't get chosen that like you know it's ruined the drama like she was pretty for me but in general I just like that like painful love that kind of exists on the sidelines and like whenever I can get that in a drama I'm usually pretty happy
1: yeah I feel like the secondary lead often is there's some sort of longing element yeah I
2: I don't know yeah
1: so I would say for like, because that was Goblin for me, absolutely 100%. I loved Reaper so much. And I loved that weird, you know, reincarnated, faded relationship he had with Sonny. And it, I mean, to the degree that I had to watch Touch Your Heart with those two characters next. I had to. Like, I physically could not move on from that show because of Reaper that I had to watch Touch Your Heart Next. And actually that did soothe my wounds about the whole situation.
0: (laughs) I think what was really well done with Goblin, which I don't, think I've seen much of in other dramas yet that I've watched as far as the second male lead syndrome is that it wasn't a love triangle second male right. lead syndrome. So right. he still got his happy ever after, even though it wasn't immediate. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So like he's he still got, he still achieved his goal in the end. Whereas with a lot of them, like with, you know, with Ungi from her private life, he longed for the heroine. And even though we see potential at the end for him to have, you know, his own HEA, like he never got that love returned. It was, you know, unrequited love. Well,
2: I will say he was the one that I felt like out of all the ones I gave had the most satisfying where I felt like there was a door open. Yes. So if there's a door yes. open at the end for my second male lead who I fell in love with, who had his heart shattered, then I'm super happy. If there's yes. nothing like, I think I told you Choi young Do, like I, like, I needed some little like glimmer of a door open. Like, not not just like in their life, but like, you know, I'm a romantic at heart. I write romance novels. Absolutely. I like romance. So I would like to always see like a little door. like, that's my crack is if they can have that.
0: The Choi Young-do situation is why right now I am willingly watching Uncontrollably Fond where he is the romantic lead who you find out in the very first episode, this is not a spoiler, you find out in the very first episode that he is dying of brain cancer. So, I mean, I can't imagine this going anywhere, but, you know, totally destroying my heart, but I'm doing it because I need to see him as a romantic lead. Yeah, you needed to see
2: uh, Kim Woo-bin kiss, get to kiss someone. Yeah. Yes,
0: and it's worth it. I'm telling you it's worth it. The first kiss has happened and I'm I'm all over it and can't wait for more.
2: Yeah, Amy's
1: also watching Run On, which I've already seen and we will be doing a deep dive on it coming up because it is a really good show. Second male lead syndrome. The second male lead syndrome yeah. is wicked so he does have his own romance so he's not pining yes. he and the heroine are friends and they actually have a really cute friendship so he does not pine for the heroine but i mean the longing he has and it's it, a nuna romance which i am so it is. and he's like, a her, puppy. Like... he's like a puppy after her and it is like the most adorable thing ever and he's you know like a sensitive artist and he's really sweet and oh uh, he gets drunk a lot and like and he's super sweet to like the main lead like the main male lead he like yes. lets them stay at his place, and like I don't know, and he's kind of like physically affectionate to like all his friends, and I just I just love it so much. So I actually miss him. He was such a good character. So I hope you enjoy the rest of it, Amy. Once you I get over re- from
0: from the first episode, I told you, I messaged you on Slack, and from the very first episode, I'm like, I'm gonna have second male lead syndrome in this one. I already know from the introduction of
1: this character. I, and I mean, I was like, it, it's so true because it was throughout the whole drama for me. And I thought that, yeah, he was really fantastic. And and yeah, the Nuna romance was really sweet. And yeah, anyway, we'll talk about that in a podcast coming up because it is really good. So my favorite K-drama cliche is the back hug.
0: And I fell in love with this for the first time in Crash Landing on You and Chloe. And it happens when jung Huck has crawled through the tunnel <laughs> to get to South Korea to protect her from the villain. And he tells her, you know... As soon as I tie this up, I'm going to have to disappear back to North Korea so I could disappear at any time. And she, she's like, I know I'm prepared. I know one day I'll come home and you just won't be here and that's okay. And she comes home on her birthday and the house is dark and it's empty mm-hmm. And she breaks down and starts sobbing because she's like, he left and I knew this was going to happen, but I wasn't ready for it. And then all of a sudden the lights go on and he's there with all of his little army buddies because they were there to surprise her for her birthday. And she just loses it. She's hysterically crying. She runs out of the room and runs outside. And he follows her out and finds her on the streets of Seoul. And she's like, don't look at me. I don't want you to see me like this because she was so upset. And he just walks up behind her, wraps his arms around her and starts telling her how special her birthday is and how, you know, even when they're apart, how special her birthday is going to be, because he will always know on her birthday that the person he loves is alive in the world. And that scene just wrecked me. Absolutely wrecked me. And I feel like what wrecks me the most about the back hug is when it happens between two characters who you just think are never going to be able to be together because it happened again in Goblin when June Tack runs away to the ski resort and is working at the ski resort because she finds out that her role as the Goblin's bride is to pull out the sword so that he can go into nothingness and finally end his 930 plus year existence. And so she runs away because she doesn't want to have to kill him. And he finds her and confesses to her that for the first time in his almost 1000 years he wants to live, but the problem is that the gods have told him is that if he stays alive, then death will come for her, that one of them has to die. And then we see them standing on the snowy hill in their puffy winter coats, and he's got his turtleneck on, and he puts his arms around her from behind, and the wind is blowing, and it's snowing, and it's so tragically romantic. So yeah, I think I love the back hug, but I love it tied to a super tragic love story as well, because it makes it even more heart-wrenching. So that's my
1: fave.
2: All right. So we've all given a prop on what we love as a cliche. Let's share what is one cliche that we could do without. So mine is the fish eye kiss.
1: I'm just kind of over it. Like I I get I think I just it's it's almost in every drama. And so I think at this point I'm just like I'm kind of over it and it sometimes it bothers me cuz I think it takes away from an otherwise like important or serious scene I, sometimes I'm just like why do we need the fish eye kiss like feel like you could have shown surprise in some other way than just this so by the fish eye kiss by the way if you don't know what I mean I just mean that it's usually a surprise kiss and one or both characters keep their eyes like wide open like a fish and just stare and they freeze up and, it and just their lips of, don't even their lips don't even move yeah like, the lips don't, don't move and it's like enact in the kiss at all yeah Yeah. and it just drives me crazy so that's the i mean again it's fine i don't like hate it i just am kind of over it and so when i see a fish i kiss i'm like all right let's go let's go let's move on
2: to the next scene agreed so for me it's the fist clench and by the fist clench i kind of mean like like the arthur meme, where you know it's like the close in (laughs) of just the fist just like ugh. and it feels like it's this like dramatic device that's like intending to show us at home that whoever is clenching their fist it's, i think it's always a dude like i don't know if i've seen a, it's a yeah dude. i don't think yeah. i've ever it's seen a like one of the like women on the shows clenching their fists like this and suspicious partner. She Okay. Well, there we go. (laughs) Cause she knows, (laughs) she knows Taekwondo. Okay, great. So anyway, it just means like the character has reached this like breaking point and is like unable to show their anger or like their feels for various reasons. And it's supposed to be kind of like a gesture for us to see as the audience, like a big, huge freaking arrow pointing to the fist to be like, look, person at home just in case you weren't sure the character is (laughs) feeling some kind of way right now and to me i feel like you know what honestly most K drama actors are quite good especially quite good at emoting and quite good at like emoting in ways that it can be like subtle and powerful so i just feel like this fist clench thing is kind of like a cheapening device because i'm like you know what trust your actors a little bit because they're gonna deliver without the fist clench
1: Agreed. And I do always think of the Arthur meme. So it's hard for me to take it seriously.
2: It's ridiculous. (laughs) Honestly, I actually could completely live without the fist clench
0: and mine. And I said, this doesn't ruin a drama for me by any means at all. But it is just so there's often somebody gets violently hit by a car in a K drama. (laughs) So many car crashes. And I'm talking about like a pedestrian getting hit by a car, not like two cars crashing, but a pedestrian getting hit by a car. And when they are splayed on the pavement, no matter what their injuries are, there's always puddles of blood under their skull <laughs> that nobody should be able to survive this at all. And it happened in Goblin. And in Goblin, okay, there's a little bit of divine intervention because Kim Shin saves ji Tax mom. So that's a little bit of divine intervention. But it happens in an early episode of the one that I'm watching right now, Uncontrollably Fond, where... This is not a big spoiler because it happens in the past, but the heroine gets hit by a car and she is laying on the street, puddle of skull blood under her head, and she survives. I just, I I feel like there's more internal injuries than there are (laughs) external, but I feel like they need the audience to know this person is possibly mortally wounded. And the way that we're going to let you know that is there's just oozing out from their head
1: buckets and buckets of blood. It's like the Kool-Aid man busting through the wall. It is, absolutely. (laughs) Oh yeah. (laughs) Yeah. That happened to a suspicious partner too. It wasn't like the it. It doesn't really matter who it happened to, but there was someone who got hit by a car and his like helmet is cracked, and then like there's just, like massive because he's in a, on a motorcycle. I'm sorry, so his motorcycle helmet is cracked, and there's just like this massive puddle of blood under him, and it's like I I, I get it. It's like that's like all the blood in their body, like right. <laughs> All the blood in their body, and it came out of their skull. So I don't under like head wounds do bleed, head wounds,
0: they do, they do, they do. No. Okay, so before we wrap up today's show, we are going to do something a little bit new today where we are going to, two of us are going to give a little challenge to the third. Leah, you came up with this idea. So how about you explain it?
2: Okay, so I thought instead of doing a book rec, it would be fun to do like a plot, a K-drama game. And so the premise is going to be that today, Amy and I are both going to give, and we have not communicated with each other, a few plot elements to Megan. Megan's going to write down all the plot elements. And that's going to include a hero, a heroine, an antagonist, a setting, some tropes, and then just a few random objects for good measure. And Megan's going to take the week and come up with a blurb for a K-drama. And we are then going to put it on social media and decide if this is a show that we'd want to watch or not. So it's not like a critique. It's more just like fun and funny. And we'll talk about it at the next snack as well and decide like how we think it all went. All right. All right. Do you want to start, Amy? Sure. Sure.
0: So I was tasked with giving Megan a hero, a trope, a setting, and something random. So here we go. The hero is a telepathic con artist. The trope is enemies to lovers. The setting is Busan, the city of Busan. And my random thing is that the hero would take a bullet for his corgi named Saja, which means (laughs) His love of his life is his corgi named Saja. And Saja means lion, which makes it even funnier because it's... (laughs) It's a little
2: squat little corgi. Oh my God. I have a pet. Oh my God. I have a pet too. Okay. Oh my God. So I did the heroine, and she is a wealthy heiress who is a Robin Hood stealing from the rich to help the poor. The villain is an evil sorcerer who is a thousand years old. (laughs) (laughs) The trope is forced proximity, and the random is the heroine owns a pet falcon. (laughs) Falcon? Yes. Wait, didn't you tell me one time that you were on a plane? And you saw, (laughs) so my friend, I have a really good friend in Australia and she used to be a flight attendant for Emirates Airlines, which is like quite a nice airlines. And when she was in first class working, there was one time a dude who brought his falcon on the plane and like the falcon had its own seat and wore like a little cap with like blinders on. And she was like, (laughs) you know, what do I do? Go up and be like, you know, these are like $12,000 seats, like chicken or beef falcon. Like... (laughs) She has so many funny stories about working in that job. And I just really like pet falcons.
1: <laughs> All right. So you've
0: got a falcon and a corky to work with.
1: Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. What's the corgi's name again? I know you're going to send this to me, but I want to write it down. The corgi's name is Saja. In
0: in Hangul, it's Saja, but it would be S-A-J-A. And it means lion. It means lion.
1: (laughs) And I did not name the falcon. So good luck. Oh, my God. I'm really excited. You guys did a good job. (laughs) I'm very excited. I will come up with something probably just as bonkers as
2: that is. And our hope Um, is that eventually, at some point, you know, someone in like Korean show running is like, Afternoon, a delight. Who yeah, are these yeah. <laughs> come on down, you geniuses, and start giving us some shows.
1: <laughs> Studio I'm, Dragon, I'm yeah. looking at you. <laughs> I honestly, I fall asleep at night thinking of K drama plots. Like I, my mind won't oh, yeah. stop. Like I just because that's what I'm watching, and like I just keep thinking, well, you know, what if we did this? And I, I mean, oh my god, just all night.
2: I have to take melatonin just to well, go to bed. Sometimes so I, stop I thinking wonder about if, plot. like that, like if they're plotting like this game too, because like the one i'm watching right now is really good and it's called when the camellias bloom and it's this like very like it almost felt like heart of dixie like r- small town like rom-com like feel good funny like girl like you know out of towner coming in like just and i like small town romances and it felt so small town romance and there's just a serial killer named joker on the loose <laughs> i was like okay so we've got this like entire like small town adorable plot blah 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 and then it's like <laughs> like, you know, the shadow <laughs> by like, the window. And then it's back to like the fun and games of the small town. And I was just like, I feel like someone played this game and plotting this. Star- I mean, I'm into it, but like, I was just like, it was just a very funny, like, and it doesn't feel like a police procedural. It feels like a fun, small town, quirky thing where there's just a serial killer who like has murdered even like children, like has killed everybody, like killed all ages, like <laughs> And only in this, town? Only in this, like town. In this <laughs> town, like has killed a prostitute, <laughs> has killed a- some random dude, has killed a sixth grader. And I was like, like he's killed like six or seven people and just leaves notes on them that says, don't be a joke.
0: (laughs) So this is like a non-discriminating serial killer. Non-discriminating serial
2: killer. And really, it's just like that's happening as like the policeman who's going to save her, like follows her around like this like ridiculous like dude bro puppy. And it's like, ha ha, like all this is so cute and fun. And someone's going to get murdered like any second now. (laughs)
1: I kind of like. I do too,
2: but I mean, like, I'll let you know how it goes. I'm only five episodes in, but somebody's definitely dying soon because Joker's definitely like that. Like serial killer music is like coming around more and more now.
1: (laughs) He's into. He's (laughs) yeah. He's been dead for
2: five, or he's been
0: out for five years. So if there's like a sixth grader who hasn't had many lines so far in
2: the <laughs> K-drama. Oh, no, I think he's got him for the heroin. So, okay. So anyway, I'm Sounds curious right. to see how this evil sorcerer is going to turn out. Okay. All right. Well, I, I will come. Megan.
1: Yeah. Next snack. What is our next snack? Isn't it Color Rush? Color Rush. Yes. I think that's our so next, next week. snack.
2: Yeah. Which we're really excited
1: about. Amy and I have seen it. Leah's got to see it, but it's really, really short. It's like you can watch it in a night. So. All right. Well, then I guess tune in next week when I plot evil sorcerer with a telepathic con artist and a wealthy heiress who's a robin hood robin hood which i love so the corgis and falcons too yeah (laughs) Yeah, don't forget the corgis and the falcons (laughs) all right well thanks for listening everybody
0: kamsahmida Thank you for listening to Afternoon Delight. Make sure to subscribe for more great K-Romance conversation. And be sure to follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Afternoon Delight Podcast for more information on our podcast, behind-the-scenes photos, and of course, pics of our favorite opas and anis. Annyeong!